season three, episode eight, cast and blast conversations. And guys, I know I say this every week, but you are going to love this interview. We are with Jovan McNeil, the creator, founder, executive director of Cloud9 Outdoors. And what a incredible story he has to tell. And I'm just going to let him do it. It's I, I, I'm, I promise you, this is an episode you do not want to miss. This is an episode you want to share on social media. This is a big time interview. Jovan McNeil, Cloud9 Outdoors, coming at you right now. Jovan, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, sir. Good deal, man. Uh, first question is always the same for every guest, and that is, who is Jovan McNeil? I am a jack of all trades. I know people say that and they hear it a lot, but I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a student to the to, to the world. Um, you know, passionate about everything I do right now. I actually just got down to fire school, so I'm getting ready to go to hopefully a fire department pretty soon. So uh doing like firefighter, like a fireman? Firefighting, yes, sir. Oh, that's I'm awesome. Great test. I'm just waiting for my national EMT to get done, and that's kind of where I'm going right now. That's awesome. Family man. I know you got a, you got a young son we've talked about. Yeah. That's my little boy. He's a uh, two and a quarter. So he, does he take after dad or does he take after mom? Oh, he's a mama's boy for right now, but he does love dad and uh, everything daddy does. He likes to follow it. He gets my fishing poles and <laughs> takes him out of the garage and he says fish, fish, and the fish tank and everything. So he takes out the dad on some things of that nature. Uh, now, now is he into any sports or anything or just fishing, hunting? Like what, what's his thing? All right now he's only two, so we're really doing soccer a lot right now. Um, he's doing soccer to get ready for that leg. I'm gonna be an NFL kicker, hopefully. <laughs> but now he's uh, getting into fishing. He got his first, his second fish um, about a month ago. Um, but he knows how to do the fishing pole and everything, so he's following my footsteps in the outdoor world. Awesome. My my son never showed an aptitude for sports. He did soccer, but he wanted to go drink Gatorade on the bench. And he never, he, he never wanted to do basketball. He never wanted to do baseball, but I think kicker would be the way to go. Right. Because you get, you don't have to worry about the head contusions and all that stuff as much, but they can still get a hit in every once in a while on like a return or something. Exactly. And like, I want to be safe. I mean, I did track in high school and college. I did rugby up in Nebraska. Um, so my athletic background is up there. My uncle played for the Cubs um, professional basketball or uh, baseball. So, I mean, he should have an athletic gene, but, I want to be safe also. I don't want to say no to football, but I don't want to, you know, <laughs> just be safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Jovan, we got a couple of questions that we ask every guest and I got to go through these because these, these are really going to determine if people are going to listen to anything you say or not. So this, this is very serious stuff we're going to talk about here. First question is pineapple on a pizza. Yes. No. Oh, that's a That's a definitely yes for me. Oh my God, dude. It was nice talking to you. But we're gonna have to we're gonna have to end the call right there. I feel like oh, pineapple for you. No, man, that's a mistake. No, tell me your piece of what's your piece of selection. Pizza should have like meat on it, like 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 pepperoni, mushroom, on, or uh, not onion. I hate onion, sauces, that kind of stuff. That's the that's the American meat lover, you know. But you have to think about this, right? This is my this is my favorite for my wife too. We get the white sauce. I can't remember what kind of sauce it's called, but it's not the the red one. It's the white one. We get the grilled chicken and banana peppers. Oh, oh, yes. And, and sometimes you get mushrooms on half of it. So you get mushrooms, grilled chicken, banana peppers, and the white pizza sauce. That it would change the world. Is that Alfredo sauce? Is that what it is? I think it's Alfredo sauce. Might be Alfredo, something like that. It's like a creamy sauce they have. That's not the red. My wife can't do the red sauce because it's like too much for it sometimes. 
tomato sauce. So we did alternative and it's, it's, it's there. So how about this one? What you go to, you are a hunter and a fisherman. We're going to talk about this quite a bit here in a few minutes. What is your go-to snack? If it's the same for both or is it different for hunting versus fishing? Everybody knows if you know me, you know me fishing wise, there's one thing I must have on the boat. That is an uncrustable. <laughs> I have it's the it's the number one go-to snack on the boat. I get the hazelnut con, I get the peanut butter honey, I get the jelly and the strawberry. It is a must-have if you fish with me at any point in time to have on the boat that's a strong that's a strong answer and i like your commitment to it like it, it doesn't matter the flavor it's the it's the delivery package in there and and do you like them when they're cold because i love an uncrustable like when it's still just a little bit cold i like it cold i like when we get a bite into it and it's like still that that heart part of that peanut there like yeah that's my go-to like they should just give me a year supply or two year supply but like it is a go-to snack for me it's a must-have on the boat must-have i would not fish without it uncrustable pro staff yeah. You know, how people say uh, like bananas on a boat is a bad, om- no, no uncrushable on a boat for me is a bad omen. Like I have to have it on the boat. If I don't have it, I have bad experiences and I, it's a must have for me. That's awesome, man. What is your, what is your favorite little Debbie? This is the last one of these, but what, what's your favorite little Debbie snack? That's a tough one. You know what? I'm be honest with you though. And it's not going to be everybody's favorite, but uh, I like the swish rolls. I think that's strong. I think, I think you'd be surprised how many people like the Swiss rolls. The honey bun is, I'm, I guess I'm older now, but honey bun is too sweet for me. Uh, the strawberry swirl is like, eh. The star crunch is, eh. The nutty buddy bar is, eh. You know, you go either way, but that Swiss roll hits all the time. And you think you feel good because you like, you get two for the price of one. So you think you're winning something. You're really not, but you think you're winning. And it's always messy, but the Swiss roll would be my favorite uh, Little Debbie snack. My man's dropping truth about Little Debbie's. He just went down the list. Hey, I, I was a kid who, like, you know, I grew up in a city, so, like, 25 cents back in the day was our snack. You know, Boys and Girls Club, coming from school, 25 cents, you, you can find one on, on the ground and get you a little snack. It's perfect. Now they're, like, 115 and stuff. You might as well go to Publix and buy a whole box for 139 and be good to go, you know? Yep. So tell us, let, let's talk about this. Um, Let's talk the Jovan McNeil story and let's start here, I guess, a little bit. You you hunt and fish currently. Did you grow up hunting and fishing or, or give us your background, how, kind of how you grew up? So um, I grew up as an inner city youth. My mom had me at a very young age of 16. Um, so my mom had, had me at 16 in high school. My, gr- my grandmother pretty much raised me uh, until my mother graduated high school. Uh, so my mom did graduate high school, which is great. I love that about it. Um, but, you know, as a single mom in a city, like, Hunting was definitely not something we knew how to do. Darn show wasn't my mom's forte. And she didn't get her first hunting trip until last month at age of 50. Wow. She put a first hog down last month, which surprises me because she was always like, I'm not going to do it. And she finally did it. Um, but my great grandmother introduced my mom to, to fishing, you know, so with the cane pole, I grew up with my mom, you know, our bonding time was fishing. No matter what we went through, if I was a teenage boy, we wasn't talking. I got 18, 19 moved out the house and we didn't talk for a month because of anger issues. We still make time to go fishing. So my story to the outdoors in that aspect was like my mother, my great grandmother introduced my mom to it. And I was, became our bonding time as just family was fishing. Um, from Morris Bridge to the old Gandy Bridge that they tore down, which really hurt me a lot. They tore down the Gandy Bridge, you know, 
anybody in well, I'm from Tampa Bay, so anybody in Tampa Bay, like old school fishermen, know that Gandy Bridge was special to a lot of us. Um, I'm getting teary out of talking about the Gandy Bridge. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a lot of memories I have on that bridge, man. But like those are the times I grew up with my mom doing that. Um, and now you want to go into what I do now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so so you grew up fishing. When you went away to college, did you go? Did you go, I didn't go to college? I went to uh, Nebraska. Actually, I went to Nebraska for college. Um, big city guy. I was a track star. I went to states, you know, several times in high school, and I had a lot of options to go to like Florida, um, Weber International, FIU, and schools like that. But I chose to go to Nebraska because I'm a big city guy and I want to try something different. And I mean, I, I miss Nebraska. I, I miss Nebraska. I learned. I mean. What you see in the movies on like Lifetime Channel was like Main Street's all lit up. Everybody knows who you are. Like that's the living I lived in for almost a year and a half. And like it's so different than what we have here in the city. And you know, I'm a person who, with everything going on in the world nowadays, with all this tension and race relations and you know politics stuff, I, I really believe that if you just go someplace and sit down and talk to somebody, you learn so much about them. And a lot of us don't venture out of our comfort zone, our cities and me going away to Nebraska really showed me a different side of the world. That was pretty, pretty cool. I think that's really well said. I, I think, I think it's really easy to get mad at each other on Facebook, but it's really hard to stay mad at each other. If you sit down at a coffee shop or have lunch with somebody or anything else. Well, it's also, I mean, you realize like middle America, you think about Nebraska, let's say, you know, um, I can talk about Nebraska cause I was there. So Nebraska has two cities, which is Lincoln and, and Omaha. Everything else is legitly a town or village where you drive by and it's like Dodge, population 130. They don't have 12 man football. They have six man football and nine man football up there because they don't have enough players in this in the town to have a 12 man team. So you know, when it goes to a lot of things that um, goes on these these relations in, in America now, what people see is because they don't know. You know, I remember being 18 years old and I had a kid in my dorm room who you know. I'm in Nebraska. It was just cool. He pulls me aside off like the first semester. He says, can I, should, can I tell you something? I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? It's me. Like, tell me anything you want to tell me. And he said, you're the first black guy I've ever seen in real life. Oh my and you're God. So different. He said, and you're so different than what I see on TV. I would never, never forget that conversation because it made a big point in my life, a big moment where this is 2006 and this kid is 18 years old in high school and college. He has never seen a black person ever in his life. He already knew what he saw on TV. Wow. And, you know, things like that where I'm in this industry now with fishing and hunting and it's like, I'm trying to break this barrier and I'm trying to open up this window to so many people is because it's the unknown. And I think a lot of people fear the unknown and I can't get mad at middle America who, who don't know how people of my skin tone are because you don't see us. You just don't. And Nebraska, Nevada, all these different states who live in these small villages and small towns and small areas, you don't know because it's not ingrained there. So I think America really has to like start doing more. I want to start doing like, it's been an idea I had for a long time. I just can't get it together. It's like called, um, it's like dinners, having two people from different sides just get down and talk over dinner. Like you and I are doing right now, because like you said, when you sit down and talk to somebody and actually listen, without a show of Facebook, without a show of a group behind you or a, a, a circus of people trying to hype you up, just sit down and talk and listen. So much can change in that one moment that you don't even realize it. Love it. I love it. So, so you get done in Nebraska, you come back to Tampa. I do. Um, I had a little injury up there and I went through a little 
that spot. I mean, you think about go from being track star in high school to going to Nebraska with no family members up there. And I, you know, got injured and went to a little, I don't want to say depression state, but you went down, like, you know, I got nobody here. You kind of stopped caring about stuff. And, you know, my grades kind of dropped a little bit, just something happens because I can't run track. You know, I can't do what I was known, you know, for doing. So I came back home and um, started working down here and going to school for stuff and just trying to find my way. So, so let's, let's get into it because this is the thing we really want to talk about. You start cloud nine outdoors or, or was that just a dream at that time? Like how, how did that kind of come about? So cloud nine outdoors is my nonprofit. And ever since I was a kid, I've always had this vision because again, my fishing was my thing. I was at this vision of like having five acres with a pond and like a, tra- a trailer as like a classroom portion. Having families come out, you know, on the weekends for free and catching fish and eating fresh fish for like that weekend, you know, always was a dream of mine. It's like, I, I think about that dream every day. And it's like, where I'm at now, it's just insane. I get sad a little bit, but when I got married in 2015, I told my wife, I was like, Hey, the wedding is yours, but I want to start my nonprofit after we get wed- get married. Cause I knew we had the, the money coming in for the wedding and everything. And, you know, all the gifts and everything. I was like, Hey, I really want to start my nonprofit after we get married. Uh, we got married on December 5th, 2015. Cloud Nine Outdoors was born uh, legally statewide um, December 15th, 2015. So 10 days after I got married, Cloud Nine Outdoors was, was formed. Um, I had no intentions of it being where it's at now. To me, it went from being just fishing-wise to realizing these kids need more than just fishing. And realizing fishing was more than just a trip on the water um, to the point now where we are a year-round program with kids graduating from our program from high school, getting scholarships to go to trade schools and colleges. Um, we're doing mentorships in the schools every school year. We host fishing, archery, kayaking, hunting, stuff that I didn't know any experience on at all. Um, partnered with FWC, got with their youth conservation network, um, and just been able to really learn and take every class, every opportunity possible to learn outdoors, get certified in every single thing possible that I can be legally teaching this to other people. So, so, so I'm going to, I want you to back up a little bit. You and your wife get married. You have this dream to start a thing that is fishing on a, in your mind was going to be a, you're going to buy some land or something and have a fishing pond and it's morphed into this thing. So kind of take us through that process. Like how did that change and how did it get to where it is now? And then I want you to explain what it is now. Cause I feel like you're so excited. You, you jumped ahead a little bit on us. And I, th- I feel like people don't even understand like what you're doing with these kids, how these kids get to this program. So let's, let's walk through that. So right now we're tied so well into the school system and parents are seeing what we're doing and success stories that um, we take about 20 youth a year um, into our program. We do offside events also like this Sunday, we have a big fishing workshop, but our actual cloud and outdoors program is 20 youth a year. And what we do, we um, have a parent liaison on the board. So my mother, who had me at 16, um, can relate to a lot of these parents who are single parent families. Um, let me go back. We, we cater to single parent families, inner city youth, and troubled teens. Um, so my mother, who had me at 16, is our parent liaison. She can talk to these parents because she's been there. She's went through it. She knows a lot about that. I'm a liaison for the parents in the school system. So let's say little Johnny got in trouble at school or is going through, you know, his math class is too hard for him and mom or dad can't make it to the school. 
I can be a liaison to go to school and talk to the guidance counselor to get little Johnny into the right classes, make sure he stays on track. Um, I'm proud to say that over 90% of our kids right now are a students. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, that's our stats right now. We have a 100% success rate of all our kids who are in our program as seniors and high school kids graduated. We have about a 98% of all our kids going to either college or trade school paid for by us. Um, we have one student who chose not to. It's not that he have an opportunity. He just chose to go a different route. He's not working for the city, which is great. He has a great job in the city right now. Um, and his offer still stands. Anytime you do a trade school or the college, it's still there for you. You earned it. It's just great to have the opportunity to do that with the kids. That's awesome because it sounds to me like you give them an opportunity to trade school, you're giving them an opportunity to do college, but also if an opportunity presents itself, that is because some kids do fall into something that's a, that's a better opportunity right off the bat that they can work their way up or have, have a good career. You're, you're supportive of that as well. Yeah. We, we realize that college is for everybody. And I'm one of those, I'm an ADHD kid. Like I have ADHD all my life. Like I trust me, I get it. So for me, finding that niche in college is hard to do. Now, trade as um, law enforcement, firefighting, EMT, HVAC, a lot of people can get careers and the amount we can pay for that career job is very affordable for a six month to year long program to now set you up for life. And our goal is to not just, we use outdoors. So we use outdoors as a way to get to kids. It's where we say where mentorship and education meets outdoors. That's really our model is we're where education and mentorship meets outdoors. <clears throat> so we're able to teach these kids in school, keep the grades up, mentor them in life. And we use outdoors as this means like, hey, let's go fishing and let me show you how to relax and teach all this other stuff and keep you busy off the streets, out of trouble, teach your life skills, and teach how to really relax your mind. How, so, so tell me, give me some examples like of some of these kids, some of the experiences they get to, on the outdoor side of things through this program? Right now we have one of our youth right now is actually um, at HCC and he's studying marine biology right now, which is a big thing that he's actually got that into it that much. Um, we have stories where we have kids in St. Pete who legitly, you can be one foot on the side of the road selling drugs and other street, you can be in jail, you know, and he came out of it. He graduated as a junior Wow. Um, his best friend saw him in the program for the first year and a half and his best friend ended up joining the program also. And he graduated with straight A's as a senior. <clears throat> so we have a lot of success stories of that nature where we have, I mean, we had a kid, I just talked to him last week during the COVID, you know, it was really rough for the COVID kids to keep their grades up and everything. He dropped down to D's and F's and he's now in his school with A's and B's. And that's just like a success story we have. We have so many of those stories with Again, none of our students right now are below a B. So, so what does, first off, that's incredible, but what does an outdoor experience look like for them? Like you take them hunting, you take them fishing. Is it about catching fish? Is it about teaching them life skills? Is it just kind of a blend of everything? Like take it, take us through kind of what that looks like for a kid. All of the youth in our program will go through, um, they all have opportunities to go fishing, go hunting, do an archery. Um, and the big thing about people realize about fishing was this year with COVID or last year with COVID in Florida, our governor said that fishing is an essential activity. And even in the worst pandemic in America, fishing was allowed to happen because it was an essential activity. And that just kind of sort of like 
make what we do even more legit. It's like, hey, we're not just giving these kids a chance on the water. We're not just showing you how to bring dinner on the table. We're showing you so much more that even in the worst time in America, you're able to provide for yourself, provide for your family, take time to relax, use the resources around you to provide for your family and everything, and just enjoy life. Do you take, do you take the kids hunting? We do. We just did a hunting trip last weekend. We had two youth go out. Um, one of the kids was a kid with behavior issues. Um, he was getting referrals to the office, um, going in trouble often in school. We partnered with a mentorship in his school called 5,000 Role Models um, that we partnered with a lot of kids in St. Pete. And through us doing outdoor activities, he had 90 days straight with no behavior issues in school. His grades came up. He didn't miss not one day. And his reward was a hawk hunt. And this, this kid legitly like never been. He, oh, by the way, he's never been outside of St. Pete. We took him to Chiefland, Florida. Yep. He's never left before. He's never left St. Pete. He's going all the way up to Chiefland, Florida to see another part and be in the woods. And he absolutely loved it. So things like that really, really, I mean, you can't put them in words. It's so hard for me to explain it because you have to see the expression on these kids' faces. You have to see the parents who thank you for having the child on the right path. You have to see when you bring food home to them that their child harvested, that's feeding a family for, I mean, three months, maybe even more with this meat we bring. You shoot a hundred pound hog, you get 60 pounds of meat. Right. That's a lot of meat to bring home to a family, you know? So, so he, he killed a hog on the trip. He did. Do you take them through butchering it or do you guys like take it to a process or how do you do that? We, we will show them um, how to skin an animal, how to harvest it the right way. We show them the different parts, anatomy, which is a big thing. It's all about learning. Everything we do is about learning some part of something. Um, we teach them anatomy of it. We show them how to keep it on ice. I go through the process of icing it down daily. If we take it to a processor, um, my, my, my buddy is a great processor. I love his business a lot. They do a lot for us. I'm not sure I can talk about names on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Share his name if you if you want to shout him out, please. Al's Wild Meat in Riverview. Speaking of what we talked about earlier, Al has been the guy who's really taking me on his wings. I remember my very first deer. You know, I can watch YouTube videos as much as I want to. You know, Al legitly said, bring the deer to me. I will show you how to do it the right way. And legitly went through the whole process of skinning his deer with me. Like, out of his time to do it. Um, he's been our processor for the past four years and I've never had a problem with him. He does so much for us. Um, great, great company, but having him there, like people like Al and everything, I call it my village. Legitly, I call him Cloud Nine Outdoors. Everything we have, I have this division for it. I'm just the face. I have an amazing board. I have amazing captains. I have amazing people who are is, is our village. And as an old saying that it takes a village to raise a kid. And without my village around me, I don't think we'd be successful as we are right now. That's a, that's a really powerful statement. Like, like when you, when you think about what you're, what you're taking on, I, I want to ask you a question. How did you get into hunting? Like you talked about fishing and fishing with your mom, but how did you end up hunting? Cause that's, that's gotta be a difficult thing to crack into. Right. Well, you, as a youth, you always watch TV shows, you know, Saturday morning hunting shows, fishing shows. You always want to do it. And I, I kind of joke and say I'm living my childhood dream right now by doing this because I am living my childhood dream as being able to go out in the woods and hunt and see people get the joy I have it. Um, it's to the point now where, and this is a different stage of hunting, you know, it's hunting where you are new to it. 
this hunting where you are all about getting your goal, getting your personal best, getting your animal, your first deer, your biggest hog, your gator, this and that. And I'm at a gate, I'm at a stage now where I enjoy taking people out and seeing them get their first ones. I haven't harvested a deer, I mean, a hog in probably the last four or five trips. And it's not I have an opportunity to do it. It's just, I'm so excited to see these youth get their first ones, their parents with them, seeing the excitement on their faces. Like it's so much more to me as me seeing you get it than me actually eating my own animal at this point in time. Do the, do the parents get to go with them or is it you, like, like, do you take the kids out or like, do you have a, a, a mentor staff below you? Like, I, how does that work? So we take, like, let's say I take out three kids out or four kids. This last trip, the mom came and the dad came also um, to one of the kids, but parents are always welcome. We are a family oriented organization. Um, another thing about our organization, it costs zero for the families. We don't charge the families a penny for anything we do. It's all covered by us. Um, so we want parents to be there. Sometimes parents can't come. Sometimes parents don't want to be in the woods and help, which is completely fine. But we um, have partners such as Adventures Archery who will take time out of their day, come out there with us to Tiger Island Outfitters in Cedar Key. We have the owner, Billy, of Tiger Island Outfitters who will be in the woods with us and show these kids this way. I mean, I didn't, I didn't learn this by myself. You know, I had a great mentors and great people around me that showed me the way. Um, I, I gator hunt now. I had a guy, a buddy of mine teach me gator hunting, you know, and it's just, you don't do it by yourself. It takes, you know, I can't come out there and like, hey, I'm gonna go hunting and everything. Like, no, I have people show me the way. And those people show me the way, I'm very loyal to them and very grateful for those guys who would let me learn by them and learn under them. So no, this is this is incredible because I've said for a long time, uh, and, and I've said it, I think, on our podcast before, if we really want to save hunting, fishing in Florida, we need to stop preaching to the circles that we're already preaching to and, and try to get into some different circles. And Jovan, what you're really doing is exactly that, right? Yeah, uh, I believe we are. I mean, it is it's so much, and I don't try to focus so much on the um, racial aspect of it, but it is there. It's not like a blind eye, like it is there. You know, if we look at the licenses in Florida, you probably have a very small percentage of African-Americans in the woods. Um, I'm really trying to break that stereotype of we can't do this or it's not for us or they don't want us there. And I think that's a very negative conversation to say is, hey, we're not welcome in the hunting community. I've been met with open arms. Um, I've been shown away by people who legitly have given me access to land. I mean, I got five acres granted to me that, hey, Javon, you love this so much. I see the joy in your eyes. Um, we have five acres that you can manage and have if you want to. And, you know, that goes to have that, like, it's such an honor and privilege to have people see a passion and trust you and respect them enough that they're willing to help you out with something. Um, I think you're talking about something too. And, and maybe this is what you just said. I, I, this is what I, I heard a little bit, or this is what I've always believed. It's not, it's like, there's not a path for some of these kids to get into the outdoors because they, they don't grow up with parents that hunt or fish and they don't have the opportunity. So they're not resistant to it. They just don't know that it's out there or how to get into it. It's an intimidating factor for, it's an intimidating factor for a lot of people, but particularly these troubled kids, kids from single family homes, inner city kids that aren't exposed to it the same way. It's not on Saturday morning TV anymore. Right. Like, and it's not, I grew up, I have the privilege of growing up in a house where my dad 
Saturday mornings we were hunting or fishing, a lot of these kids don't have that opportunity and privilege. And that's, that's really what you're talking about, right? It is. It really is. I mean, you can't tell me, and I can't say that now, because now we have, we have hogs and stuff in inner cities. Now we have, you go to Riverview, St. Pete, there's hogs there, there's turkeys there. Like I live in Clearwater and I saw a turkey a block from my house last year. Like what is going on here? I don't know how I got there. I only seen it once. I videotaped it. It was shocking. But I mean, you start to see it now more and these kids don't have the means access to go to the woods. There's no woods around us. You know, unfortunately, not an unfortunately thing, but I'm driving two and a half, three hours to take these kids to Cedar Key. You know, I have to go that far up to really go somewhere and I have a great partner with them. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the partnership, but then I'm still driving three hours up there to hunt. And that's a three or four hour hunt and driving three hours back. It's a long day for us. <clears throat> um, but it's worth every, every minute of it. I'm also, and you know, I had a call with somebody the other, other week and we were talking about my program. I take kids out on the boat all the time. I love taking kids on the boat because to me, it's an experience that if you live by the water and you've never been on the water, you should at least experience it at least once. And I do fishing trips to kids. Like, you know, every third Thursday, we do a two hour trip with the captain in St. Pete where we go out from like probably 5.30 to 7.30 every third Thursday. Just get kids on the water to experience it and get that feel of being on the water. Oh my gosh, this is my backyard. Oh my gosh, this is St. Pete. This is the pier. This is downtown. This is how it feels to be on the boat. And Somebody's like, well, you know, these kids don't have access to a boat all the time. How can they fish without you? And although I give kids fishing poles, our workshops teach these kids, you know, all these tools, how to get the bait, worms, shrimp, how to hook everything. Here's your, here's your fishing pole. We're now going to start doing it more of the land-based stuff because these kids might want to go do land-based and not be on a boat, which is true. And it was a weakness in my, I want to say it was a weakness in, our, in my program as a blind spot that I didn't see where, hey, I'm going to give you a boat ride. I'm teaching you show you a city and catch you some big fish but i'm not taking you out in these smaller locations all the time like i should be doing more of it so we're really going to expand on doing more of the land-based stuff with these youth because in their backyard there's freshwater ponds there's you know the skyway right there the parents can go to and you go to the st pete pier now and fish there's so many things around you can go fish it now just from land and i had a blind spot that i wasn't doing it enough until somebody opened my eyes to it so it's always learning for this also that's super powerful too. And that's a, that's a thing again, that, that we've talked about as well. I grew up in a, in a Southern Baptist church and I, I remember taking my kids to church when they were little and like, they go to children's church and there were like bounce houses and Wii's and Xboxes and stuff in there. And then when they turned 18, you took them to big church and it was like, you sit quietly in a pew and, and listen to the preacher for 45 minutes, different experiences, right? It's almost like the, the, the smaller church wasn't setting the expectation for what the big was going to be. And I'm not sacrilegious or getting into religion or anything, but it's kind of the same idea. We do this with youth hunts a lot. We take them on a, on a youth hunt for waterfowl or something to the best property that there is. And they get a great hunt, but they can't recreate that. There's no, there's no way for them to be able to recreate that because it's, it's really hard to do on public land and, and with the effort that they got to put in. And so it's, it's really refreshing that you guys got there to say, we want to, we want to show them the tools so that they could do this on their own without a boat. They could figure out how to weigh it in or how to walk in or, or whatever bank fish. Is that, is that a fair way of saying it? That's a great way of saying it. And you, it's you completely true. That's a good, that was a good metaphor to that because we want to show them the best of the best. And then we go, when I go to Cedar Key, like we go up there and yes, it's an outfitter. It's guaranteed Hawker. We get it. But we still get to sit in the blind. You still have to see, you have to be quiet a little bit. You have to smell the animals. You can still see the behavior. Like 
people think, oh, his outfitter is easy. No, it's not easy. You still get a good shot placement on it. You still have to track it. You know, like, I love it up there because it's such a learning atmosphere. You want to go up there and it's like, okay, we want to sit in this blind. We might stock and stock out there about an hour. We're gonna be, I don't want to be up there for three hours in the blind, to be honest with you, because it's still a long ride back home. But we do sit for an hour. And we do talk. Do you, do you hear that? Do you smell that? Do you see the behavior of these hogs? Do you see how they stop and listen? Like, it's so much that you can teach and learn. So, Although we give them the best of the best, like the waterfowl, like you said, we're taking your kids hunting. You have to get kids on something that's guaranteed because they won't have interest to go up there and get nothing at all. But you have to also use that guaranteed shot to teach them everything they know about that. And I don't want people thinking like, if there's any family members to this or any families or first time hunters or anything of that nature, try an outfitter, try a good one. If you can find one, I have mine, you know, I'm, I'm biased to, I got outfitters. That's just my favorite one because I know how I've been up there for the past three years and I learned from them. But try one and really learn. Yes, this is a guarantee. Yes, you can see animals. But that shot placement, you being quiet, you being able to get close enough to maybe use a bow or a rifle with a shot, it still doesn't affect. Nothing's, nothing's guaranteed at all in hunting. You know? Let's talk about, you mentioned Tiger Island. Let's talk about some of your partners that, that helped make Cloud9 possible. I know, I know Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida is, is, a, is a big one. Um, can, you, can you just kind of talk, talk through some of your, your partners? Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida has been amazing. Um, if people don't know the, who they are, they have the Tarpon Tag. Um, and the Tarpon Tag program is what helped us get our kayaks. Talking um, about a license plate, right? License plate, yes. It is an amazing program. When you buy this tag, you really get to um, help programs like myself. And what we did with our funding for this one was we got the grant and we were able to buy four kayaks. So with our four kayaks, we use them to help clean up the waterways where we legitimately go out. We have six trips we do um, guaranteed for the year. We go out with them and we are going to pick up the Tampa Bay area. We're going to pick up any trash we see, teach kids about the ecosystem, the mangroves, um, what kind of fish live in them, show them sheep pay it, also fish at the same time. But it gives programs like my program a chance to really get out there and use the resources to teach kids on the water and teach anybody in the water what we're doing with it. So please buy tags. I can't wait for my tag to come in because I'm really excited for it. Yeah, no, I, I just saw today, I think the bear tag that they're doing, the conserve wildlife bear tag. And as, yes. a, as a hunter, as a guy that hunts a lot, I'm like, well, that can't be used for game species, but it can be used for all kinds of stuff that benefits game species as well. So very cool program. Um, it's something I'm learning more about day to day. Like it, it's really cool how, how FWF is funneling money to organizations like yours to really improve the, the future of hunting and fishing in Florida. So correction, it's the Tampa Bay estuary tag. Yeah, it's a tarpon. It's a tarpon, yeah. right? It's tarpon, yes. Yep, this is tarpon tag. I was right the first time. <laughs> okay. But I, yeah, those help out a lot. That's one of our partners this year has really been um, helpful with us. Um, it's just amazing. We have FWC. We have, um, goodness gracious, City of St. Pete, Tsunami Tackle. Tsunami Tackle has been with us since year one. I mean, fishing poles, tackle for these kids. I mean, I love that people donate fishing poles and everything to organizations. Uh, we have a lot of people who try to donate private, privately to us. The problem is that we realized with that was a lot of these organizations, a lot of people who donate the old fishing poles, there's always something wrong with them and they're not something we can really use all the time. And I don't sound ungrateful for that. We really do. But 
over the years, a lot of it takes in, we cannot use, and it just builds up. Um, Tsunami has really worked with us a lot. Um, they help us out a lot with it. They give us polls at cost. They donate polls to us. I mean, their partnership with us have been amazing. I've turned down some other companies just because, again, I told you earlier, those that help me get started, I've stayed very loyal to people, and I've not been done wrong by these guys at all. Um, captains in the Bay Area, I have so many captains I can mention. We have about a team of 10 captains who do so much, who donate time, who give us half off on charters and stuff that, I mean, it's a village. It legitimately is a village that helps us get this thing going. And my board and I take zero funding at all because I come from having nothing. I'm set now. I'm very comfortable with my life, my wife, my son, being able to go hunting and fishing with his kids. And I feel like if I take even a dime or a penny from this organization, that's a kid missing out on a scholarship. That's a kid missing out on a backpack for school. That's a kid missing out on an opportunity that I'm already set. I don't need nothing from this, you know? So it's just a very touchy subject for me because I, I love it so much, man. It's just, it means that much to me that I want to make sure these kids and this community get so much out of what we can do and provide to them. I wish, I wish people could see your face as you're talking about it because it, you really convey it like, like the looking at you, 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 you really convey it as you're, as you're talking about it. What, what is your, what's your wildest dream? Like what's next for, for cloud nine? That comes up a lot. And people are like, do you want to expand? Do you want to do more? And honestly, and I say this, and I know people sometimes get mad at me for saying this. Um, I don't want to be bigger. I think my impact now is strong. I think we have enough control of what we do. And I feel like if I made it bigger, like expand it to Jacksonville or went to Miami, then I lose control and I lose that personal feel to what success of the program is. Um, the program is not just, hey, let's take a confession. It's not just, hey, let's mentor. It's having that passion, having that relationship with people. Um, one of my most memorable moments with the, with, the, with the parent, and there's so many parents who just, Gosh, I mean, the stories are just it's amazing and crazy at the same time. But I was out fishing with this one man, um, Deshaun. Deshaun was one of my first teens. Actually, was my very first teen. Deshaun has been with me for almost six years now. He's already graduated, got P-Tech. He got an HVAC um, degree and everything. He was out fishing one, one night at Clearwater Pier. It was like 11 o'clock at night, maybe 11.15. I said, Deshaun is getting late. He lives in St. Pete. So I have to drive all the way down to St. Pete from Clearwater, which is a good Easy 40-minute drive, 35, 40-minute drive. I said, hey, Deshaun's getting late. You know, call your mom. We need to make sure she's okay. Call his mom, and you have kids. I have a son. His mom tells me on the phone. She's like, Javon. I'm sorry, I get emotional because it's so deep, and I don't want to crown it for the podcast. But for a mother to tell you, like, Javon, my son's with you. I have no worries. Just bring him back when we get done. Like, that's a parent. I mean, this is your son. This is your seed. This is your child. I'm not a family member. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, I'm not a family member. I'm just some, some person that is teaching your kid these life lessons. And for you to tell me that, like, hey, like, he's with you. I don't care. Like, I'm not worried about nothing. I know he's in good hands. I know he's taken care of. Like, that is such a powerful statement for a parent to tell somebody who's not a family member, who's not even, like, it's just... I, that moment would never not get me emotional because it has such a big thing for a parent to tell that to you. I'm sorry to cry. I'm a grown man crying on the podcast. This is not, <laughs> this is not cool. I love it. I love it, man. I love your passion. But yeah, I, I love it. And I also, I love the way you, you started that answer 
talking about you want to keep it into a thing you can control because of the impact you're able to make. It, it's not about piling up numbers so you can say you're bigger or or more or whatever. It's about really making real life impact on these kids in your community, which is a nice job, man. Like that's a, that's a powerful thing. Yes, sir. Thank you. Like I said, people, that question gets people all the time. Why don't you get bigger? Why don't you want to grow? I'm like, cause I'm good. Like I'm not done here yet. St. Pete still needs us. Tampa Bay still needs, it's not done. There's so many kids here that are without, why don't I leave my community? Why don't I leave where I can still impact? And like I said, my kids are not, we don't just do a, one-time program we're not just doing the summertime we're not just doing during the school year we're year-round we have a retention rate right now of about 98 percent of our kids who come into our program stay with us we had one kid uh, move to atlanta uh, we had another kid move away so i can't say we have 100 because we have kids move away okay when COVID, we lost about two or three kids just because communication we're in the schools it's easy to go to the school without the parent all the time like some parents are not always be as involved Numbers change. They change numbers three times. So, of course, we have some kids we lose over communication, over not being able to see them in the schools. It just, things happen. It's not even 100%. But we have kids right now who have been with us for the past three years who are still in the program. And then when you graduate high school, you're still with us because you have college. You have a trade school. I have kids right now who come to my house still to this day. I, I call them kids. They're grown adults. They still call me. They still talk to me. They still come around. They're still my kids. They're still in the program to me. But yeah, you graduated out, but I'm not gonna leave you. If you're in college and say, "Hey, I need, you know, I need some books for school," like, oh no, you can't. We still have the kids out. We're still part of us. You're still a product of our foundation. So it's so impactful here that I can't be like, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm ready to grow up." No, this is still going on here. I still have kids here. I gotta. <laughs> it's just I don't know. Like this Sunday, I have our. We're doing a fishing workshop again. I mentioned it earlier, and we have three of our kids who already graduated come and help out to be a part of it. We have a mother whose son went through the whole program who's come and help out with it. Like, that's the impact is like, you still, it's still there. I'm still with the families. The families are still so grateful. They're still giving back and the kids are so happy. They're still giving back to other kids. And that's something you can't just like up and leave. It's something you can't put words to. You can't even describe that idea. I'm thinking about right now, like how crazy it is that I have kids who graduated who still come back to help out. Uh, I got, I got chills as you were talking about that. That's, that's, that's when you know you've, you've got your system down and, you, and you're making an impact, right? And you know, it's, it's the crazy thing about it is like, I don't realize it until I start saying things. Like, I know we're doing good things. To me, it's always, thinking, it's always in my mind, like the next event, getting ready for this weekend, getting ready for tomorrow for taking three uh, teens out who's never been on the boat before, taking them out um, Sunday, the big 50 people day. And, you know, after that, what's going on? Next? I'm saying it's always something that's going on. And you know, we're getting to that cycle right now. It's like grant cycle time. And it just, it's so much that goes into it. And it's, it's crazy that you have to, it's just crazy. The whole thing, the whole process is crazy. Five years ago, we actually, when I started this program, five years from now, Javon, what do you see this program being at? There is no way I'd be even remotely close to where I'm at at this point. There's no way. That's awesome, man. And I hope, I know you want to keep it small, but I hope, I hope you're impacting people all over the place. Like I, I, that's, that's my hope for you because I, I can just see it as you're, as you're talking about it. It's infectious. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here chilled up, like, all right, let's go do something. Like, let's go, let's go figure out what we can do now. Like, let's, let's do the next thing. So you want to be honest with you, like my impact, this is how I see it going right now. Um, like I have one right now who is um, Malik. He's actually Malik is such an amazing kid. 
his his story itself is gosh his story is just so powerful i don't want to speak about my kids because it's not my story to tell but his come from two ways that now it, if you heard his story and i'm you know i might ask you to do a story with him um if you have time because his story alone is worth talking about but where he's at now with the college at hcc through the marine biology and everything like it is so amazing and i want to have like the way i see it's like javon you want your program to grow i say not really the way i see it is these youth that's in this program that's graduating out is getting these jobs in the city who is doing things i want them to be the growth of the program yeah Hey, you know, hey, I did this because Cloud helped me out with this one. Now I'm doing HVAC. Now I have my own business. Or hey, now I'm doing marine biology for FWC. Or hey, I'm a captain now. Giving a chance to other people. Or hey, I'm doing. That's the story that that's the growth I want. I don't want the growth of my program growing. I want the growth of the success stories being out there, being successful members of society, helping out the city, helping out the other youth, and not getting in trouble. Like I can, I can honestly say, none of my kids have been in any trouble with the law or anything since they've been in my program. Yeah. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to figure out a time that me, you and Malik can sit down and, and Malik can tell his story with you. If you're cool with that, well, I'll come, I'll come over to you guys and we'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. That'd be great. hundred percent. We'll make that happen. So tell people this, how can they help cloud nine outdoors out? They listen to you. You're obviously you're charismatic, you're energetic, you're passionate, you're infectious. If somebody's listening to this and they want to help cloud nine out, how can they, how can they get involved? How can they help you guys out? Um, we are a full 501c3 um, organization um, on our website, cloud9outdoors.org. The nine is spelled out. It is actually, everything is spelled out, cloud9outdoors.org. There is a uh, donation button there. The website is going to get changed pretty soon, but there's a donation there. Um, our Facebook page, you can always contact us on Facebook. Um, you can email info at cloud9outdoors.org. You can email Javon, J-O-V-A-N. That's going to be Juliet Oscar Victor Alpha November at cloud9outdoors.org. Um, reach out if you want to. We are always open arms. Um, a little goes a long way. Again, everything goes a long way with us. If we have a budget for the year, if we exceed our budget, that's more scholarships for the kids. You know, we feel like that has to be more scholarships. And our big thing is making sure these youth who graduate have that access to get the funding to go on and do something else. Man, I can't thank you enough because this is a thing. This is a thing that I've talked about for a long time, but never been able to figure out how to put skin to it. And and you you jumped in feet first, and we're like, yeah, this is the thing, and I'm gonna make this happen. And God, man, that's that's such an admirable task, and you're doing it. You're doing it day in day out. And so so thank you immensely for for what you're doing. Thank you. And it's it's funny because I people excuse me, I mentioned that. I don't want to be the face of Cloud9 because Cloud9 is not just me. Like, it's really not. Again, I have an amazing board. I have amazing, amazing partners. I have an amazing village who really make this possible. But people tell me, Javon, your story is the passion. Like, you have to tell it because nobody can. I wish I could be a mascot. You know, like Daft, like the band Daft Punk, whatever, have the mask, like the, the <laughs> helmets on the head, like the fake thing. Remember, see, I had like the hair in the front of her face. You never know what she looked like. Like, I so wish sometimes like I can be that, have a mask on, have a, have a face or something that people don't know it's me because not that's like I take away from cloud nine. Like I really don't think I do that, but I don't want to be, I want to be more about the youth. I want to be more about the program. But again, I do realize like, this is my passion. I have to tell a story that it is, the emotions come from 
my experience is what I see. So well, thank I, you as a guy that works in advocacy, not, not doing what you're doing, but as a guy that works in advocacy, I'll tell you this, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. And, and I, I know I get it. I get the humbleness behind what you're saying, but I also recognize, um, you're the, you're the only one that really had that vision and that, that passion and, and the energy to take this thing to where it is. So a uh, hell of a job, man. Like, like I'm, I'm proud of you and, and, um, hopefully more, more folks can reach out, donate, get involved, uh, help cloud nine be all it can be, which it sounds like it's already being, but man, what, what a powerful, powerful testimony you are to, um, taking a dream, chasing it, hooking onto it and kudos to your wife too. Cause, cause, uh, basically coming out of the, the wedding, like this was the, the present and you get to go do this thing. And so awesome job, man. You know, I got to shout out to my wife. I, I have to give her a shout out cause she takes a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm gone, like I'm gone tomorrow, you know, I'm gone all day Saturday, Sunday with the fishing workshop and my son can't go on the boat for five hours. That's a long day for him at nap time. So, you know, she does do a lot to really make sure that the house stays afloat, my son's taken care of, and I'm able to live this crazy passion of mine. <laughs> Takes a village and she's part of it, right? Yeah, she is really part of the village. And again, like, kudos to any wife who can deal with a hunting husband or fishing husband <laughs> and any husband who deals with hunting wife or hunting uh a fishing wife you know so that's exactly right that's exactly and and the last thing i'm gonna say is uh do not stress because jovan has not shot a, a duck yet but we're gonna fix that this next duck season we've already talked about that we're gonna we're gonna get that cleared up right you know it's so sad like i've never i've never done foul i haven't done foul I haven't got a turkey because I bow hunt. So I'll be honest with you. I've had a shot at the turkey. Um, but with bow hunting, a turkey is a lot different than a shotgun. And I guess I'm too, I guess, modest to use a shotgun for a turkey. I don't know. I just want to get my bow. I want my first one to be with the bow. That's like my my go-to thing with my bow hunting. But yes, I've gotten a gator before I got a, a turkey or a game fowl. I've gotten a deer before I got a turkey or a, a game fowl. So I definitely get, get some ducks this year. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to make that happen 100%. Javon McNeil, um, tell folks, you, you gave us the cloud nine handles. Where can they find you on social media? My social media. So Javon, J-O-V-A-N, McNeil is my Facebook. Um, my first name, I do it in the alphabet. Um, Juliet, Oscar, Victor, Alpha, November, Space, McNeil, Michael, Charlie, November, Echo, Igloo, Lima, Lima. Um, that's me on Facebook. Uh, my Instagram is the same as Javon zero three thirty. Um, that's my Instagram. So you can find me on there. It's very, my, it's my son a lot on my Instagram. I, you know, I do a lot of stuff with my son's on there a lot right now with his crazy hair and his laughter and stuff. My Facebook page is there also. So awesome, man. John, thank you so much. I know you got to get to put that, put that boy to bed. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and telling us your story. And we're going to come, we're going to come sit down with you and Malik and let you tell Malik's story or let Malik share his story. And, uh, just awesome, man. Thank you for letting us be a, a small part to, to help tell it. Thank you. I'm, I know you're trying to end the show, but I have one more thing for you, okay? Shoot. My go-to fish and snack is crushable. <laughs> My go-to hunting snack is really sunflower seeds. I'm going to shoot some ducks with you, which is water and hunting. <laughs> what snack should I use? <laughs> oh, because you're going to be on the boat. Like, you, you're torn. Study my crushables, but I'm also hunting. So, oh, what are you going to give me for this snack over here? Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this because everyone listening to this knows me well enough probably to, to, to agree. 
part of duck hunting the the best part of duck hunting is it's social because it, it can be slow but ducks trickle in so you're sitting in a blind but you're able to talk you don't have to be quiet like you do deer hunting or hog hunting or stuff so the the best part of duck hunting is the social aspect well sometimes i bring a griddle out there and we just throw down like we'll do bacon. <laughs> Uh, I am I am well known for frying honey buns in the bacon grease when we get done. You so, frying honey buns? Yeah, you just lay them in the bacon grease and like get them just a little bit crispy on it. Um, do egg, like the whole nine yards, man. So we can bring in crustables. Maybe we'll fry an uncrustable. Maybe we can do that. I would so record that and put it on social media. We, okay, that's it. We're gonna fry a crustable. What, it's, make, happening. it's happening. Jovan McNeil, go follow him. Go check out cloud9outdoors.com and .com or .org? It's .org, but I own both domains because okay. we go to .com, it will push you to .org. I want to make sure for protecting of the kids that nobody took the other domain as .com and made it like something crazy. Awesome. So you go to .com, we, our main one is .org, but they both should take you to the .org website. Go go there, donate to this program, um, help these kids out, help Jovan out. Thank you so much, man, for your time and for what you're doing. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks again to Jovan for joining us, for his passion, for what he's doing. My gosh, what an amazing work this man is doing in the Tampa area. Make sure to go to Cloud Outdoors, cloud9outdoors.org and donate to this cause because the dude is the truth. He is, he is uh, really, truly making an impact in these young people's lives. And it's incredible to see. So thank thank you to him for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. And we will see y'all next week. Bye.